Welcome to Unashamed Unafraid, a show unashamed about sexual addiction recovery and unafraid of coming into Christ for healing. Where we talk about real recovery stories, answer anonymous questions with experts, and share resources that actually work. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm your co-host, James. And we are Unashamed Unafraid. Um, well, so this is a big deal. Cause we got a big guy on there. <laughs> He's a big guy. A big <laughs> Rob's not a big guy. I'm a big guy. True. A big hearted guy. There we go. <laughs> so there's like certain people that if they were to call me on a burner phone and be like, I need you to grab a duffel bag. I need you to bring these six items and I need you to meet me at this location right now. I would just be like, yes, sir. Done. And just drop whatever I was doing and do that. Rob is one of those people. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so we talked about it in the episode, but um, if you have not heard us talk about a warrior heart, then um, it's your first time listening. So yeah. we welcome you here. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show. You will hear about it in this episode, like we talk about in every other episode. But um, when uh, when we recorded this with Rob, and he kind of came in, Jason, um, right, uh, was like, "Oh, kind of who are you?" And we're like, "Jason, this is the Godfather of Warrior Heart happening." Mm-hmm. So he had been to Eldridge's in Utah. Right, and came back and was really the firestarter. Colorado. Oh, yeah, in Colorado. Sorry, yeah. right? See, Eldridge is in Colorado um, and was like, dude, we got to start this fire, right? Like, that's yeah. that's the seed planter right there. So, um, and I will still, to this day, um, quote, and I even have spoken and we've had so many different people, favorite speaker at boot camp, hands down, Rob. Absolutely. The, w- the way he prays, the way his, his passion for this message has just really lit a fire under so many of us oh, yeah. and just changed so many lives. And that's why when, when I talk about, God, or talk about Rob, it's just, man, it just gets me because he means so much to me because I wouldn't be where I'm at today had Rob not had the courage to to bring this message to Utah and change these lives. And really it, it, when I say he changed my life, he changed every aspect of my life because he showed me the love that God has for me and that I'm loved no matter what I do. And Chris is a prayer. Let me tell you something about my friend, Chris Bennett. <laughs> Bennett. Yeah. That guy knows how to pray. Yeah. And, and, and so for context, right? I mean, this episode's about fatherlessness. And this is one of those like shame and disclosure that I'm like embarrassed that we haven't done this episode sooner. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting as we were talking about this, um, like when James was like, Rob's the guy for all of us, that was such a fit because um, maybe he's not the perfect speaker about fatherlessness, um, but it was fun to sit back for me because the two of you are so close to him, right? I mean, I know yeah. Robin have, and I've definitely benefited, but you guys know him so much more and right, serving with him and, and stuff to see a, a fathering relationship in real time while we're talking about fathering, I think is a cool experience that I was able to have as we were recording this episode. Yeah. I can think of so many fathering moments with Rob um, from helping me 
do the you know I when I was invited to be a speaker at boot camp and and having Rob sit with me for a couple hours um, and help me build that fatherless session helped me really conceptualize that for myself for the first time it was it was amazing and then um, you know which then brought you to me to follow me in that same message right that same uh, right session and who spoke on fatherlessness my first time up at boot camp James. Yeah. With that, I think that might have been the first time you spoke about um, fatherlessness was the first time I went up. Uh, the first time I did was in uh, Alaska. Alaska. First, but, okay. But it was the first one that was revamped from Alaska after I'd spoken with Rob. Um, but anyway, yeah, just, you totally changed it. Yeah, I did. Um, Rob helped me change it into something that, that I felt just really good about. And, but I'm just thinking back, like, you know, um, being invited to do the AV on the, on the staff and I, I, I remember being back there and it's like my first couple of times and like Rob would just like read when I'm panicking. Right. And, <laughs> and he would, and he would just come up and he'd like put his, he'd put his hand on me or he'd kneel down next to me and be like, Hey man, you got this. Um, you know, just breathe, be calm. Like God's got yeah. you just those tender moments. Right. And I just look back on all of those and I, you know, I'm so grateful for, for Rob and the role that he's played in my journey. And, you know, and I think about when, when we all come to the end of our lives, um, there are certain, right, heroes that we will have in our journeys as we will go on our, you know, as we look back on our life, those game changing mm-hmm. people, yeah. right, that we yeah. all have. And it's like, you know, Rob Pate plays a role in that for me. And that, you know, there's, right. there's, there's a few, there's a few heroes on my, on my journey, right. That have, that have changed the trajectory of my life in one way or another. And Rob is absolutely up there with, because of boot camp, literally changing the spiritual trajectory of my life up into that point. Well, and I think hearing the two of you talk about it, like that's what you're going to get out of this episode. And I think our real message is like, you need to find some freaking fathering. So, you know, you, you may not get Rob the way that we've gotten Rob, but that's okay. I, I hope that a takeaway from this, as you listen to this episode is how important fathering is, you know, I mean, here's a couple people. I mean, Chris, your story changed my life and had you not found any fathering, right? I mean, you lost your father at a young age, right? right. I mean, James, you had an abusive father. Um, I've navigated a relationship where I had two dads. I had a dad that did all the crap, crappy dads do and checked out and then met me later in my life and invites me to lunch and just paid for me to go to therapy and figuring out the pieces of that. And, um, you know, and so, um, I hope as, as you listen to this episode, um, that you can experiencing in some level, just the value of fathering. And I hope that will lead you to our true father, right. Um, to God and, and repairing that relationship. And so, um, we obviously, think Rob's awesome. So I hope that you get that same feeling with us, uh, that we have for him. I think you will. I super encourage you to listen to the whole episode and I will just leave it at that. Um, I think there's some real beauty, um, at the end of this episode that I don't know where you're going to get somewhere else. Um, and if you, and make sure that you guys listen to the bonus content. Become yes. an outsider because the bonus content is awesome as well. Right. And so becoming an outsider, unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. We are 501c3. Um, and all of our donations um, go to 
helping people engage in resources such as going to boot camp, going to therapy. Um, and so donate, um, big or small, whatever, join us in that bonus content, some really cool things shared, um, in the bonus content for sure. Our outsiders are awesome to those who are already outsiders. Um, you are truly changing the world. Um, and also we have those scholarships available. So if you were in need, um, please, you are worthy of it. Unashamedunafraid.com slash scholarships. Please give us five stars on iTunes. That's how the world finds us. Um, follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you at Unashamed Unafraid. Ask anonymous questions. If you've got a story to share, email us, um, any of us at Unashamed Unafraid. All the good things that I'm supposed to say as a host, who cares? Let's just get in the studio with Rob and get some fathering on. Woo! So... You're not even Rob Chittister to me. You're not even Rob Ch- the therapist, Lifestar Rob. Like you were just Rob. Like you loom so influential to me. Like that. I'm like I should just say Rob, and the whole world should know who that is. <laughs> but we're just happy to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. So, um, for those people who have not been as blessed as I have um, to know you. Paint yourself into context for us. Well, I, I uh, met all these guys um, over the years. Um, I, I was involved in the kind of the beginning uh, ground zero of getting boot camps going. And uh, boot camp would not exist had he not <laughs> taken the time. He's, and been he's like, already this is what kind we're of being <laughs> a shrinking flower here. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, Just, so in 2008, I went to uh, Colorado and went to uh, Wild at Heart boot camp. Um, scared to death thinking they'd kick me out any second. <clears throat> I was an imposter and, and, and unwelcome. Found just the opposite. On the way home, I called a, uh, Todd Olson and Dan Gray and said, we got to do this. Um, this we've got to figure out a way to make this happen. This is uh, amazing. It's life-changing. So, so we got uh, the first one going. Uh, Chris was there. Um, I remember a lot of tears. Lots, I, like like blubbering, <laughs> bawling, crying, like trying not to be like super loud, kind of bawling my eyes out. And that was because of Rob. <laughs> you, were, you were trying not to cry because he didn't do a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was me not cry, oh, trying man. not to cry. Yeah. Uh-oh. No, it, it, and it's not like that for everybody. I don't want to scare anybody off. I, wanna, I don't want to go to this thing and cry, but... Um, no, it but was just it because is, of the fatherlessness stuff that we talked about that yeah. we're going to talk about today that... That, that just hit me mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that here in a little yeah. bit, but completely life changing for me. It changed yeah. every bit of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it changed my life too. And, um, it's, it's been, uh, amazing journey. So, uh, so we, yeah, we did them. I did them for about 10 years and then I, uh, kind of stepped away and I'm trying to get some other, um, uh, advanced boot camp type of activities, um, put together so that we can, you know, just kind of take guys a little further. So, Anyway, I um, I went back to Colorado several times, did their advanced boot camp and become good soil um, events. And um, it's just been a constant journey of change and growth and healing. And um, But this is what opened the door for me was that uh, boot camp experience. So, uh, And you'd already been a therapist for how many years? Oh, gosh. Uh, 15. 
Right, so Ori has the yeah. background and experience of somebody yeah. who's been a therapist that long and then steps into this message. Right, yeah, I I kind of did. Uh, I worked for a public mental health uh, for 10 years, and it was more like um, case management. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in 2006, I got invited to a Lifestar training, went and just was like, I don't even know how to do this stuff. This is way deeper, way kind of fit me a lot better. And mm-hmm. so um, I was at that very first conference and some guy – uh, said something that they were talking about something to do with the masculine journey. And I, my ears just perked up I just knew inherently there was something that I've been missing for my whole life. Uh, that, that there was something that I was trying to get from men and I couldn't put it into words. I didn't know what it was. Uh, it, it felt, you know, just kind of validation or, or approval or, you know, like confirmation of what I was doing, like support, stuff like that. And, uh, so I heard this in this conference and it, and, uh, this guy just mentioned Wild at Heart. So two months, uh, so, and I wrote it down. And, and like most trainings, I just forget it and goes in a notebook somewhere. And so I, I'm at Walmart two months later. And this this would have been still 2006. And I, I'm at Walmart and there's a The Way of the Wild Heart, which was the precursor to Father by God, just sitting on the shelf. And I'm like, I think this is the one that he was talking about. I grabbed it off the shelf and bought it right there. And I read the first two chapters on fatherlessness and I was just blown away. I mean, I couldn't read more than two or three pages and, and I was just in tears um, because it just spoke to me and just kind of explained what had been going on for me this whole time. This longing that I'd had finally made sense. So I guess, I mean, and it'll continue to launch um, as we get into this episode, but um, all of us have been fathered by you on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, when we, we've been wanting to do this ep- do an episode on fatherlessness, cause it's such a big topic, right. In addiction recovery, it's such a big piece of at least what we've seen when people find oh, yeah. healing. Um, and, um, so we're kind of sitting around, we like to pull these experts in for different posts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you and I talked before, right. Since as a boot camp, and I'm like, this podcast, we should, you know, cross and you've, people in your clinic kind of recovered and Mm -hmm. stories. And then, um, it was James. We're like fatherlessness. He's like Rob. And we were like, yes, sir. (laughs) Like that's, that's the, so to, to get us started for people who are newer on this journey, like why is fatherlessness such a big deal? What is it? Tell us what that means. What is it Mm -hmm. like? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's a little bit difficult to understand. I think people struggle with it a little bit. And I, I really did it first too, because it's, it's sort of like a gut experience of, um, you know, and uh, we have two quarters, uh, three core desires as, as men to have a battle to fight, to uh, eventually live in a beauty to rescue. And, um, uh, but for some reason we, we can't live up to that. And, and the reason is, is because we haven't had that, had a sense of our masculinity being completely um, grown or uh, completely uh, restored. Um, we don't, we don't really feel like men. I mean, a lot of times our anger, our frustration, our, um, you know, getting upset, being, being, you know, shying away, shrinking away from doing the things as that we're supposed to do as men in the culture or in, in religion or in anything. Uh, it's because we don't feel like we've really been brought to a point that we can handle what's being asked of us. Um, you know, people joke all the time about, you know, like somebody getting a calling or doing something like that. And, and, 
and um, just uh, you can see people just shying away from that, hoping they don't get they don't get that calling or that that job or that whatever it is, you know, or, or not knowing how to take care of things, you know, around the house or whatever it is. And so that sense of I don't know what to do, I'm not sure that I'll be able to make this happen, and I, I will feel like a giant failure for not knowing. Somehow I know I'm supposed to know, but I just don't have that sense of knowing down deep in my core and my heart where it feels substantive and like, you know what, whatever comes, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to handle, I'm going to be okay. And not that I know how to do everything myself, but I know who to go to. I have people, men in my life who will, can show me, can tell me. Um, and, and if, and that doesn't happen for most men very well. Um, we have, we, we just kind of get thrown into, you know, we go through school. Okay. Now you've graduated. Now you just should know what your career is and, and go do it. And, and, and that's sort of it. There's no real process, you know, for thousands of years, there were men around, you'd grow up, you'd work in your dad's shop. He'd show you all the ropes. You'd learn gradually over decades even. And, and then at some point you'd take that over and we just don't have a structure like that in our culture today. And so we don't, we we uh, we don't know. We don't have a um, a sense of being really settled in what we we do, and so we just learn how to play the role of a man. But we it, deep down inside, when the chips are down, we just don't feel that sense of security, that sense of confidence within ourselves that we we can do it, or we know who to turn to that can help us to do it. And so and so we just kind of wander, we kind of avoid, we kind of shy away from things, we shrink at things or we charge at them and see I'm the man, look at me, you know, and so those are and so that that sense of a loss of um, this what what to do, how to do it, that I'll be able to pull through. And if I don't, that I'm okay. That I'm still a good man, even though I couldn't do it. All of that comes only if you have a, a sense of your masculinity, of your uh, uh, being intact and being strong and being secure, regardless of circumstances, regardless of behavior, performance outcomes. And, uh, and, and most of us get so tied into those things. And then if we can't pull it off, if we can't pull through, uh, we're just so full of shame. We're, we're so full of failure. And, and so we just either avoid those things, blame someone else, and all of those behaviors and all of those um, tendencies that we have are just uh, part of what reveals to us our lack of healthy, strong, secure fathering that we've experienced throughout our lives. Um, when we have that kind of experience, and I think relatively few people do, um, there's just that sense of confidence. It's there and you're okay failing. You're okay succeeding. You can do your best. You can say yes. You can say no. You feel confident in it. And for most of us, we have to realize through our failures that we don't have that sense of, of being fathered, of having masculinity bestowed upon us. And so we have to, um, we have to just um, wing it, pretend, fake, pose to, to appear that way. Um, but we don't really have that settled sense. And that's kind of what I was referring to earlier in 2006. I, I knew I didn't have any of that. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't have put a, a word to it. Uh, I was being put in positions um, because of my gifting uh, that, I was, that I was qualified for technically, but emotionally felt completely overwhelmed. Uh, and, uh, but I had to, but I, but I was good, good at pretending. And I put myself in a position of, of being a, one of five leaders in an agency and, I just knew in my heart I wasn't, 
I just wasn't settled. I didn't, I was, it wasn't a true uh, example or my heart wasn't truly um, ready for that. And I, I bailed, but I, I blamed them, you know, for leaving. Um, and, and all of that just came from all that fatherlessness. And so when I found something that explained all that, it was just such a huge relief. Yeah. So you, you touched on like a hundred things in there, right? Like, <laughs> so you, you said overview. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's a good overview. I mean, yeah. within there, I mean, we're, we're talking about the insecurity that comes from this lack of uh, masculine bestowal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you talked about generationally, you know, there was often a type of initiation into manhood or this mm-hmm. um, apprenticeship as a, as a father and right. a son work side by side. And, and then you, you hit on um, when we don't have that, how we become really insecure. And instead, we just kind of fake it instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and how do we and then what we what we're doing with that and all of that is kind of um, revealing to us the this this fatherlessness that's within us Mm -hmm. yeah so father when we say father this is what we're referring to is there's a process of fathering that we all need to have where a good man uh with a good heart that has perspective that has been fathered can can help us to see what we don't see can can call us out where we're inadequate can give us permission to be right where we are in the in the masculine journey um uh, they're sort of we live in a culture where where you want to be the guy the go-to guy well you become the go-to guy by not being the go-to guy for a long time and mm-hmm. so someone who will hold you back and and keep you from taking on things you're not ready for who can look at your heart and say your heart's not ready for this and so that process of having men in your life who can be honest with you who can tell you the truth who can who can um that can help you face your shame face your fear of failure, whatever it is, and walk you through it and help you to feel um, heard and understood and, and uh, carried through that process, then all of those issues and struggles can be um, kind of worked through. So the process of having somebody do that for you is the process of fathering. And so, um, and so really most of us get fathered, not by our dads, um, although that can be a really for good or for yeah. bad, that can be a really powerful. Well, and I, and I, in your overviewing of it, I think something that is ringing true to me is that will never happen and never work. No one will have a dad here that's the full package, nope. right? Nope. No matter how how good or bad. I mean, because I think, you know, Kurt mm-hmm. Franco, who we talked about all the time, you know, leading mm-hmm. saints, yeah. he and I have this conversation all the time. Sure. He's like, your childhood was way messed up. Like mine really, really wasn't. And I'm reading all the books and doing the therapy and the things, but still this hits him so hard, as hard as it hits me. And, and mm-hmm. any man, because it, it's not, you know, you're talking about this larger cultural experience and, and grounding and right. yeah, it just isn't going to happen. That one guy you call dad nope. can't, cannot fill that gap of fathering that's really needed, no matter how good of a right. guy he is. Yep. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's often what we do. I think that's what I was doing uh, all through my twenties. I moved to a rural um area when I was uh, right out of graduate school, 25 years old. And um, uh, because I thought these cowboys are going to be able to teach me how to be tough. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and and I was walking around trying to figure out which one was going to be the one, you know. And I I remember trying to find one of those guys, and I it just nobody seemed to know how to balance, you know, being a tough guy with being a, a um, you know, like tender-hearted good man to his wife, um, the way all the country songs made it sound. And, uh, and so I, uh, uh, I, but I was, I literally would go from man to man. I remember in hindsight, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but just like I was, that's what I was seeking for, um, in all these, uh, male relationships is some type of fathering. And, uh, probably in early in my process, I was just looking for that one person and, what I found is, is it, it just comes through multiple men in multiple situations, you know, and, and different people bring different things. Um, and I've even found that with my own sons mm-hmm. that I, I need other men to fill in where I can't, you know, other guys that have, have and know things that I don't. So, you know, I think some of our listeners might be kind of like, so why is it so, why is this masculine bestowal so important? Right. And what does that, what does that mean? How does that go about? And what does that do for somebody? Like, I think this concept kind of gets a little lost, right? Because this, we kind of, we're living in a world where masculinity for the most part is pretty, it's toxic, you know, in, in in a lot of, in our society right now. And and there's a lot of kind of Mm anti-masculinity. Many men get, is it emasculation? Yeah. Emasculated, yeah. Emasculated, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's one end of the spectrum or the other, right? Yeah. Like either you were totally a domineering, abusive, um, angry. right? Angry, right? I, I think that's right. The, the, Over the, the image that everyone who's angry about Donald Trump, I'm not making a political statement either way, but the image that they paint him as, right? It's domineering. It's, I will use my power to control everyone or mm-hmm. right. That view, right. Or I'm Homer Simpson, I'm yeah. about a beer and boobs and nothing yeah. else management. I'm this blumbering idiot. Right. And I don't care where you watch TV, what streaming service you have, like 80%, 90% of the men that you see on there will fit one of those two descriptions. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm either James Bond that I can slay any woman and any bad guy and I have ultimate power and I'm the man yep. or I'm a Homer Simpson mm-hmm. that you laugh at and, mm-hmm. and mock. But yeah, and so it's like there's no, I mean, those both those polar edges are, damaging for different reasons but yeah well and it's that's the example we get you know i mean that's why i'm saying so few people are initiated because there are so few well-initiated men to lead out and help people be able to to find you know go through that in uh, process and so back to your question um i think i think the initiation process is a process of a of a person going through um going through years really of of development to be able to um uh, through stages where we have very specific things that we need to be able to accomplish during those stages and um and that help will kind of give us a map of how we can arrive at a sense of um you know being able to be the kind of man that god could entrust uh his um you know big things uh, and and uh, your heart's ready to handle it, where you can stay grounded and and stay true, uh, because you've been through that that initiation process. Um, and so we we don't uh, we need that um, because that's kind of the way we're wired. We you know we're um, 
in Father by God, John Eldridge talks about um, men, a boys in men's bodies. Most, most that's mostly what we run into are boys and boys in men's bodies, and they're not boys because they want to be. They're boys because they just not, never had anyone safe enough, real enough uh, that's been initiated well enough that they can um, that they could help somebody else without harming them through that process and know where their limitations are and, and what they have to offer. And so, um, and so there's 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 lots of ways of being initiated. Uh, or, or learning about masculinity. I mean, uh, there's a kind of a, a joke that I've heard passed around about being fathered by YouTube, you know. There's all sorts of things you can learn uh, on YouTube. And, and all those things can be, can, can be uh, useful and can, can actually provide that some of that. The, the, uh, the problem is, is that most people think they're just learning how to fix a pipe and, and what they're not aware of is that there's something deeper, more soulful, more down in the heart that, that that can provide that goes beyond, I got that task done, and into the core of who I am as a man and as a human being uh, that helps me be able to have a sense of being, um, being uh, complete, effective, and then my sense of masculinity is raised and healed from that experience. And so it requires a completely different focus that we just don't hear of that often where I'm trying to do something for my soul and I'm not just trying to get the job done. Uh, and so much of what we do just has that tasky kind of focus. And this is about um, watching, say, that video uh, so that my masculine soul can be healed or be so I can feel competent and capable in ways that I wouldn't otherwise Right. And that's a way bigger deal. That's and, and so we have to be aware of the need for masculine initiation, the need for our masculine hearts to be uh, awakened, to be led um, and to, to find people who are a little further along the path and are trying to take that path. Uh, and it's it's they're quite frankly, they're, they're tough to find. And, and if you do, they probably have a piece to offer, as we were talking earlier. And, you know, very few people can do the whole thing. Right. And so um, there's in, in all of like our shows and in our podcasts, there's often this element of fatherlessness that comes up in addiction. Right. There was there's this sense that they they didn't have, um, you know, a, a father or a parent that that really um, either spoke to their right to their worth or their masculinity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what tell us a little bit about what you're. I guess what your thoughts are on the interplay with addiction and fatherlessness and why those two often are playing in the same sandbox together so much. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd have a hard time finding anybody who's a, who's has a problem with addiction that has been fathered. Well, you know, they just like, yeah. they always go together. And so, uh, uh, I mean, I think that, that there's, um, you know, there's there's you, generally in uh, where uh, this father uh, experience needs to start is in the um, early stages of a young boy's life. And so um, in Father by God, John Eldridge talks about um, the first initial stage of the beloved son where you get about 12 years to uh, or so. Uh, it's variable, but you get a decade to just learn that you are loved and beloved mm. and 
um, that you're safe and that you're taking care of and that you, there's a, there are strong uh, adults who know how to use their strength uh, in, a, in a beneficial way, in a healthy way in the, in, that uh, blesses your life and helps you to feel loved and beloved even though you're not, you know, even though you're not uh, okay, you know, even though yeah. you're screwing up. Wow. And, 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 so, and so we don't feel loved, we don't feel safe, we don't feel cared for, we don't feel um, like we're uh, important. And then uh, we find something along the way that helps us to feel loved, cared for, important, safe. And um, I mean, sex does all of that. Like mm. sexual feelings provide a sense of attachment, a sense of connection, a sense of love. Most of the time, as I get into get to know people in their journey, they um, they have these amazing fantasy experiences where all of those needs get met. Like they find a way in their fantasy to they they think that they think it's about sex and it's it's really not. It's really about all these underlying needs that are being met of being important, safe, loved, strong, wanted, desired, uh, seen as the man, you know, uh, and. And I feel like that in the fantasy experience and, and I don't feel like that in my real life. And so I'm going to go back to that just because my soul needs affirmation of all those things that I didn't get in my uh, growing up experience. And that's childhood. We look for the validation. Right. From the, we're looking for validation, but we're looking for other places other than going to God for the validation. Yeah. Well, and, and we need that validation from good men we need that validation from fathers from, from fathers uncles and, from yeah, yeah. friends from peers you know all of those places uh are good places to get it um uh but but really underneath that there are these deep needs that we have in our hearts that we all need as men that just help us to feel like we're the beloved son right and then and then the cowboy stage is the next stage you have what it takes you're strong you're tough you're powerful you know and you get to explore and challenge yourself and fail and succeed and learn from it and and have all uh, be able to have um uh, a sense of uh, your identity being intact. You're still a, a good man. You're, you are tough, even though you're crying, you're, you're still strong. You're still good. Even though you screwed up, uh, that, that balance, uh, and, and most of the time there, we're not getting that. And right. so then if I can close my eyes or go in the other room and have an experience where I feel all those things being fulfilled, I mean, it, it the draw and then you add sexuality onto, on top of that, it's, it's it's like you know yeah. off to i think you you've said that so beautifully because that's you know when i'm just thinking of my own story or talking to clients or it's like porn fills all of those things so quickly oh, yeah. and so easily with no rejection right, right? i'm like you've no never risk. been watching porn and had them be like wait who are you oh i'm right. not taking my clothes off for that Right. Like I said, no porn no video rejection. ever, right? No. Nope. And so, and so, yeah. So it's like when there's no risk mm -hmm. of these core desires not being met. Right. That's what makes it exactly. so oh. toxic. That's what makes it so drawing. Because yeah. you do people get hung up mm -hmm. on the sex, right? And they're like, sure. it's about sex. And I, I just love how you no. shared that. Because to me, I'm like, dude, that's the, if you get nothing else from this, 
replay those last three minutes, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Like that is why men look at porn. Exactly. (laughs) That's the reason. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And we do, it it happens at such a young age that we have no, we, we aren't making connections with that. Like no guy would, if you sat down with them the very first time would say, Oh, it's because of, you know, but once you get to know them, once they get to know themselves, you know, it's all about these core things that haven't happened. And so that's, that's the fathering that we're talking about. And, and mothering is hugely critical. Mothering is what brings that beloved son, you know, message a, a ton as well. Um, but there's just something the, about a, a man being taught, led, loved by a man that is, uh, that is soulful that we need. And, and it, and when that doesn't happen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get that sense of masculinity somewhere, and sex is a really easy way to feel masculine. So, um, so it just it just becomes a natural draw, and if we don't have that more deep soulful experience somewhere, we'll go find it there. And and so you know even talking about watching porn or whatever, it's it's uh, it's more what we're doing with it in our heads and what we're doing with it in our hearts to fill these places that haven't been filled in the right way with the right kinds of things. We haven't been led through that initiation process where these good messages and this sense of identity gets laid down very well. Uh, When that doesn't happen, we got to fill that need somewhere. And so we find a counterfeit that works. And for some people, it's drugs and sex and religion and all sorts of things that can make us give us those messages. Yeah. Um, but but in in good, healthy fathering, fatherfulness, we get those things down into our identity, down into our souls. And we don't have to just act like act like we have that. It actually we feel settled in that. And uh, it's it's rare to find somebody in my experience, who, yeah. men who feel like that. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the, you, you know, you talk about the up until 12 years old, you know, the experience ideally is that you experience just being beloved, just being yeah. the beloved son. And yeah. it's like, oh, just kinda, learn what it's like to be loved. Just that just kind of hits me. Cause I'm like, if I go back there, I'm like, Nope, I didn't get that. Yeah. You know? And I, yeah. and so just, I think any of our listeners, mm-hmm. it's like, were you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about what you said about Kurt Frankham, you know, and his, his experience. And I'm like, I mean, I grew up with really good parents, you know, I mean, by m- most standards, uh, and I felt really loved by him at times, but then I wouldn't at times. And there were certain things that would happen. I'd look, I just, I just see the look on their face and I'd be like, I'm going to, if they're that upset about this, I'm not going to ever let them know about that. And so then there's these other things that I'm hiding. And so I never got loved in the, in the places where I felt the worst because there was no way to share that. There was no way to talk to, to, to them in, in, uh, and, and feel like I could be loved at the same time because those were off limits. Those were unacceptable. Those were whatever. And whether they would have or not, I don't know, but um, it wasn't made safe to me to be able to have those kinds of experiences. And so even, you know, you're kind of, James, you're kind of saying, well, it didn't happen. Well, even if it does, the variability of that, the lack of safety that comes from that, the, the sense of, uh, uh, insecurity that comes from that. Um, I mean, that's all it takes. And so, um, you know, it really takes a parent who it can be um, in tune with their child and 
let them be real uh, it's it's really tough to do, especially without that fathering. And that that's why this tends to be a pattern that becomes intergenerational. And, you know, fathers who, who haven't been fathered father the best they can. And, and you may do better. You know, my dad did better than his dad for sure. Uh, but uh, it, it, it still was, um, wasn't enough. And, you know, ultimately the fact that I had to find that, that path myself, you know, through, other places just just means that you know sometimes our parents just don't have what um what we, quite what we need and and you know and that's every parent i, I mean i don't have everything my kids need either but <laughs> see and i i was confused when i first met your dad up at boot camp he was there and i'm like uh-huh. this is the nicest guy i've ever met this guy's like super awesome uh-huh. great guy and i'm like how is rob fatherless <laughs> i'm like this is this is a great guy yeah but when I even I even remember asking you that question, like, uh-huh. like looking at you and talking to you, and it was like, "Hey, how how have you been fatherless?" He he just wasn't there for you in every way that he needed that you I needed, needed him to right. be. Right, right, yep. yep. That's why we go That's out it. looking for other things. We're looking, yeah. we're looking for mm-hmm. God, but instead we are looking at porn, and we're right. looking for these other things to fill that. Right, yeah. An, an example of that would be. I, um, I had a, an experience in, um, I don't know, it was a junior high, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere in there where I got this idea that there's gotta be, my dad was just, he was so nice and he would always, um, tr- tell us, you know, love people and be kind and all that sort of thing. And I'm like, there's this point where you have to be able to stand up and be strong. And that, that, you know, that masculinity that stands up against what's wrong and, like this warrior heart was kind of waking up inside of me. And he just said, no, it's always wrong to, to use aggression of any kind. And, you know, I mean, that was like a dagger for me. And, you know, and that's part of the, why this message resonated so much with me, uh, of Wild at Heart, is because uh, it was permission to be fierce. Uh, the fierceness was good and needed. And somehow inside of me, I just knew that. And so that that's one of my, you know, big wounds that that really... Uh, affected me then that's that's an example right and so he's he's trying to teach this one principle you teach too much of that and not enough of the other and and you know with good intentions to try and help your kids be loving people and i think generally in church culture we lean that way right oh yeah to be as he as Elder describes it the nice guy and i oh yeah i have thought uh kb recently one of his lyrics on his new album was you want to be like jesus might need to flip some tables yeah exactly and that's exactly. so like, mm-hmm. I even share that people with, they're like, whoa, you know, uh, like there's this, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, yeah. in church, we see Jesus with the lamb over his shoulders mm-hmm. and we're super into that. And mm-hmm. that is him. Mm-hmm. There's just this other part of his heart too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was not politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was downright harsh with, you know, the ultra religious who, who weren't uh, were re- elevating themselves and and putting down others and so but he, he could he could go back and forth he knew how to navigate it you know and obviously he'd been fathered well he'd been fathered by his father he had he had three decades of fathering of of being the beloved son and and then being fathered and having these 40 days and 40 nights like that was all masculine initiation experiences to prepare him for what he had to do and he couldn't have done it without that Mm-hmm. So that's a great segue that you're bringing up here, and Chris, you're kind of touching on that as you're as you're talking with Rob here. But how do, how 
talk to us about being fathered by God. You, you've talked about how, you know, we can kind of experience that masculine journey through accomplishing some things, even just repairing some things, right? Watching a YouTube video or to your point of surrounding ourselves with some good men and, and getting, you know, some validation and fathering from, from good men with good hearts. Take us into that next step of, of how does somebody walk into starting to be initiated and fathered by God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Do, do uh, do you want to say anything about that, Chris? You were kind of talking about that validation piece. I don't know if you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I I, yeah. I think part of it begins with with understanding how he's initiating us because, it, like, so I've got boys that are one's eighteen and one is fifteen, and I can't. I, I'm like immersed in this message of fatherlessness and the Warrior Heart Boot Camp and you know, this this whole message of, of God and being beloved and everything. I'm absolutely that is a huge part of my life. But even being that having that being part of my life, I cannot father my boys in every way that they need to be fathered. <clears throat> and what's cool is is watching and inviting other men to father my boys in ways that they need to be fathered. And like even just going up hiking, I invite some of my boys along with me with some other men that are, Mm -hmm. that I'm close with some other uh, really cool men. Right. And they start talking to my boys and they're initiating them into manhood in in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's beautiful to just kind of step back and watch as I, Mm -hmm. as I watch God work through other men to touch the hearts of my boys. Yeah, I mean, just the presence of another man who who likes you. I mean, there's so much going on in that kind of a process, and and so I think you know a lot of so this. So well said. Yeah, it, just yeah. say that again. Yeah, <laughs> just being in the presence of another man who likes you. Yeah, is fathering and oh. restorative. Oh well, it it speaks to that beloved son thing that goes so poorly for most of us. You know, like this guy's cool. He's he's and he really likes me. He's taking an interest in me. You know, we need we need hundreds if not thousands of those kinds of experiences uh that, that without you know being forceful or overdone you know to trying too hard just oh, that you need sense to talk to my son like about this kind of stuff right. it's not like no. that it's like Mm-mm. they're just they just go yeah yeah and it's you can tell when somebody's doing something spontaneous that's what makes this initiation process so tricky you can tell the difference between somebody who has an agenda i'm going to father you right now you know, and that, and that's kind of, and that was one of the things that my dad did a lot of is he, he always had an agenda. Like it was, I'm going to teach you this right now. And, and there, and so it was hard to just have those times when you're just hanging out. Like it was always very driven, you know, focused and, uh, and you know, it, it had, it, it had, it's good for sure. But, um, but anyway, it's, it's, uh, I think that's, uh, it's, it's getting that sense from somebody, right? That sense of you like me, that sense of that kind of, we don't even think it, it just, we can just feel it. And, and our hearts are just comforted and we just kind of relax into that. And so, um, and so that's what, you know, that's what's so cool about your story, Chris, is because there's something really big going on there. And so um, I think in the, um, in the scriptures, there's a, uh, a lot of references about um, being a son versus being an orphan. And, um, and I think 
most of us, if we're really honest, when it comes to the really hard stuff and the really personal stuff and the stuff that we feel a lot of shame about or a lot of fear about, we, we act more like orphans. We live more like orphans than we do as sons. A son, in the, in the truest sense, a son who feels beloved, a son who feels accepted, can take anything to God. Um, and so really what we have to start with is what's your perception of God? And unfortunately, our perception of God oftentimes correlates highly, highly, highly with our perception of uh, a men. What are men like? Uh, what are leaders like? Uh, and how, how they act is how God must feel. Um, and I think a lot of times leaders underestimate the impact of their behavior on Mm. Uh, on people. Uh, they think they're just teaching a principle and actually they're modeling what God must feel like towards them, which has a much broader, much huger impact uh, mm. where I may not feel safe going to God because I don't feel safe going to you. God wouldn't want to hear about this. You don't seem to. God will be mad. You're mad. You know, and so there's a lot and, and we take we take a lifetime of experiences and we synthesize it in milliseconds and then we come to conclusions about what he's like. And so for most guys that want to take this journey, the first thing you have to do is you have to have a, a redo on what God is like. Yeah. You have to you have to start almost from scratch. You just have to kind of you know, burn the ships and well, that's the the shack guy, right? That says the face of your earthly father on the face of God. Yeah, right. right. I think mm-hmm. where that guy's from. And yep. I had this experience. Yeah. So I still have littles, uh-huh. um, so it was my my son at three. I'm playing basketball in the driveway on the normal size hoop, and I bring out his kid hoop, the little plastic one. Yeah, and he keeps trying to shoot on the big hoop. Uh huh. Yep. Because he hasn't had enough damaging from me right. and shaming for me and from the world to, to tell him he doesn't have what it takes. That's right. right. That's and right. to tell him. And also I love what you said about risk. Right. Um, and to think that you shouldn't take the risk. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, you cannot make it on this bigger hoop shoot mm-hmm. on the smaller yeah. one. And I'm starting to get like frustrated. Like, yep. no, you don't get it. Cause the perfectionism is coming into me. Right. Sure. You can make it on that little hoop. But you can't make. And then I finally, I'd like step back and I saw it. So I took a picture of it. Cause I was like, he is literally asking me right now mm-hmm. if I have what it takes because real yep. men shoot on the real hoop. That's right. He's three and he already gets <laughs> like the dialogue's already it's just going, wired you know, in. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like you say, in. like that's that, that perspective is just wired. Mm. You know? Yeah. So then I think to myself because of my own shame, I'm like, man, how many times have I already shamed him sure. in his first three years of life? Mm-hmm. As I'm sitting here f- mm-hmm. and finally noticing it now and right. will in the future still right. shame him. Right. Yeah. Cause the, cause the point isn't trying uh, at the at the one you want to make it in, the point is to make the basket, right? Yeah, That's you my got perfection. You got to shoot yeah. at this one so you can make yeah. it in. He's like, no, I'll just keep trying. I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind not getting there. I just want to shoot at the at the basket Dad shoots at. Yeah, you know, I want to be right. like Dad. I mean, it, all yeah. of that stuff is just driven by this need for for you know masculine uh, initiation. Uh, one of the stories I I really like that sort of illustrates this. Um, it just comes from Michael Jordan, who, you know, was is well known to be the best, if not one of the best basketball players ever. And uh, he always had this, he had his dad. And if you watch The Last Dance, he when he lost his dad, he kind of lost his way. 
he couldn't function without a father figure. And so he found this guy who, who, uh, who became his new father figure. And once he got that going again, he was able to come back and, and make a comeback and win a couple more championships. But um, the key piece, uh, he, he, didn't, he had one man, one, and, and it's, it's such an incredible picture if you get a chance to watch it of, of what that masculine initiation is like. He needed an older man who could ground him, who he could turn to, who was always reliable, always there, um, wouldn't, wouldn't BS him, would tell him the truth but loved him and supported him no matter what. And, and with that, he, f- he did incredible things. And without that, he, you know, he, he struggled. And so um, when, he, when his dad died and uh, he fa- until he found this other man, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, when you think of somebody like that, who's, who appears to be so self-contained and so e- excellent without anybody's help. And if you, if you watch that show, it's, it's really a good illustration of this. So you, you you brought this up earlier, but you basically said one of those one of the first steps on this masculine journey when it comes to being fathered by God is really taking a look at who we think God is, mm-hmm. and probably needing to dismantle mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of those falsities that got placed there through sure. our the experiences, Im- our experiences, and our imperfections, mm-hmm. our Im- imperfect parents mm-hmm. and, and imperfect leaders and things yeah, like and that. A, and a lot of those get laid down so young, we just take them for granted. They're like right. givens. You know, we talk about them in boot camp as, as agreements where we just believe certain things. You have to really go in and challenge that. I mean, if, if, if he is um, a good, a good being, who's a good father, think of who you want to hang out with. Think of who you want to you want to hang around with think of who you want to be close to who you want to be close to you the guy you would take into the fire uh you know into 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 uh in battle um if god isn't like that for you in your in your personal experience or in your life then it's if you don't find him like that you will never be able to be fathered by him because the fathering experience is one that happens in your heart and in your soul and someone who's not safe, someone who, who can't handle, stay present with you while you're messy and screwing up, someone who runs away, someone who's, who's constantly disappointed with you or constantly feeling like you're inadequate, telling you you're inadequate or acting like you are, or man, when you're not doing this, I'll really be able to stay close to you, but I'm going to go away until you change and or behave, you know, I'll love you when you behave. I'll be around when you behave. You know, we, we need the guy who's going to take a bullet for us. And, and, you know, he did. I mean, literally he did. And so he's not, he's a guy who's not scared of all of our ugliness and all of our messiness, who understands shame, who understands uh, the human heart, who understands wounding, who understands all the things that affect us so deeply. Um, if, he's, if he lacks perception in that, then he's not God. Uh, and so someone who can hold all that, all of the messiness of the whole world and, and love and, and push, know when to push, know when to love, know when to push, know when to love, um, you know, and, and uh, let us go through hard things for a long time until we're ready to turn to him and say, I need something new. And so, and so having a, you know, without that, we're just orphans. You know, if you don't feel like a son in the best way, you're gonna have a hard time going to him in any of those Things and so a lot of times that's the initial 
step in the initiation process is realizing that what you've been given will not work to be initiated, that you've got to find a a God with a heart that you would want to be close to, you would want to walk with, uh, and who thinks of you and, and feels toward you in a way that you can receive and accept and and it makes you want to makes your heart want to come alive makes you want to be a better man and and uh and and you can be really messy in the process you know you can you can start off not even knowing if you're the beloved son and he doesn't even care wait i'm 40 i'm 50 that i should be past that by now no son you shouldn't like you've never spent time with me uh, you've never just been with me and felt what I feel like toward you. You're a mess, and I love it, and you don't. You won't let me in. You won't. You won't let me hold you. You won't let me see you. You won't let me accept you. Um, and so, and so, that's the probably the second thing I would say is that you you got to realize that in your own heart, things have not gone well. This initiation process hasn't gone well, and and therefore your experiencing of God probably hasn't gone well. And so you've got to recognize what are the things that I believe about you and then, um, you know, f- work on it, work through it. And, and one of the, you know, really cool things that I've learned is that he'll s- sit there and hold your hand and let you yell or scream or swear or whatever it is while he, uh, he gets it. He can hold it all. And, and uh, uh, I'm scared of you. I don't like you. I think you're yeah. a jerk. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Yeah. I think you're just a you know control freak. Whatever it is, and and so you're just in, you, you would invite the men to just lean into that and just yeah lean into your let, story. He knows that. it. He already knows it. Okay. He's not he's not upset. He he would understand why you're feeling that way because because of your life experiences. I mean, nobody's story uh, happens in a vacuum. And, and and so if he knows your every hair that falls from your head and he knows what happened and so he's like son i i get it i know what happened to you i get why you feel this way and you can tell me about it you can explain it to me and i will listen and i will care and i have space for that and so that's you know that's a that's a really different from what i got at least you know in my <laughs> religious experience no, you that's know that's awesome like, yeah yeah nice. it's I think a lot of a lot of our listeners are probably like, well, I don't, I don't know, I don't even think God loves me because everything that I've done, um, I can't see God's love. And I think a really good depiction of understanding or a good way for them to understand God's true love for them mm-hmm. is to listen to the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just speaking at the yeah. fireside and, and brought this up and, and the inheritance by Jonathan David Helser. Helser. Um, if, if you go and listen to that and you watch the, it, the YouTube video of it with the lyrics, it's just incredible of how deep he gets with God's love mm-hmm. for you. No matter where you mm-hmm. are, he absolutely loves you 100% for where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the first boot camp when you brought that one in, Rob, and it just, that mm-hmm. just ripped everybody apart. It's just an amazing uh, song. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, again, just, Rob just, you know, making waves and like changing lives left and right again. <laughs> First time well, because it, it flips the script. It, to us. it does. It totally right? it yeah. flips the script because you, you called it out so it sharply does. when you're like, it's about making the basket. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, and so, exactly. Yes, you can't say, you can't go prodigal son and say, God, give me my inheritance. I'm going to go to a foreign land and I right. still expect to show up in your house. Mm hmm. Like, right, when you leave to the foreign land, mm-hmm. you're not in his house. That's still true. Mm-hmm. But we we then go, well, but that's his love. Because, right, yeah. love is making the basket. Right. So we separate, am I receiving all that God has for me yep. versus does he love me? Yeah. And so you're probably right if you're living a dual life. At least for me, when I was, right. I was not receiving all that God had for me. No. That's true. Yeah. But his love was unconditional through that process. Sure. But that that fake fathering or lack of fathering mm-hmm. in our lives teaches us literally the opposite. Yep. Right? That, no, it's about achieving is, right? Like yeah, that, it's about, That's the hap- happening, right? And so right. It's, like it's if about it performing. Goes, right? I mean, that's sinning, one of the reasons sinning. I stayed in addiction. Right. Is because I'm like, well, God knows I'm working on it. I just got married. I'm making money at this, you know, young job. I'm in a bishopric sure. at 24. If God was mad, then I wouldn't be getting all these blessings, quotation mark, because I was so flipped mm-hmm. on that script. Yep. And to your guys' point, I had to completely dismantle who God was and rewire it. Right in the correct way, which is the opposite of how I was right. doing. <laughs> yeah. So Rob, we just thank you so much for coming in here and being here with us today. Like you're, and just the fathering that you have given each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been phenomenal. Um, you know, something that we talked about, I think before we were recording was just the ripple effect that Rob, that Rob starting the boot camp and the ripple effect that that has had on thousands of men's of men's lives, um, the change and families not it, just not just the right. men's lives. It's just the the whole families yeah. and their kids and their extended family. Right, it, just the ripple effect that it that it's affected so many people's lives, and just the power of you know stepping into something big, risky, mm-hmm. and and going in and making it happen. Um, you know, so Rob, I just wanted to honor you and thank you so much for mm-hmm. having the courage to to start that boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, because without it, I know that my life would be so different than it is today. Mm-hmm. I know that Chris's life would be different from his, that Steve's would be, and that Jason's would be, and th- the the lives of our families and our children would be different. That this podcast probably would not exist. Um, just the ripple effect that that has, Rob, and we just want to honor you and thank you for having the courage to to step into that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, James. I I appreciate that. And if I can just reflect something back from that, you know, as you're saying that, I'm like, if it hadn't been for being so um, having such deep father wounds or wounds of fatherlessness in my life. I never would have been so compelled to want to share this with so many men. Like I experienced this shift and this change. And I was like, I know so many men that need this. I've got to share this. And if, you know, if, I mean, none of this would have, would have happened. And so in, in God's economy, uh, that's, that's, he takes something like that. That's, that's like brokenhearted, you know, 30 something year old guy uh, who's wrecked. And, and then 
can take him and use him for something that just has so many ripple effects. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. I pictured Judy for ashes. I pic- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was like, I pictured 10 guys at my grandpa's cabin, you know, doing this. And next thing you know, we got 50 guys in a room, including Chris and, and at this, you know, event center. And it was like, you gotta be kidding me. And so it's just, it's just crazy how that works. And had it not been for my broken heart for, for my, the fatherlessness that I'd experienced, I, I wouldn't have had that change of heart. I wouldn't have. And then I wouldn't have had this just incredible, intense desire to share it with so many other men. And so, and you had that, that willingness to let father guide you to, to be fathered by God yeah. at that point. At that, I mean, Chris, you at that point, know. at that point, God was so good. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything, but just share how good he was. Cause it, it was just life changing to be like, this, he is so good. He is, he cares so much. All the things I care about, he cares about all the things that matter to me, matter to him. He put those desires in my heart. We're together in that. I don't have to hide it from him. We get a share in it and, and thrill in it together. And so just that whole message, I'm just like, Oh man, if I, and so I just want to, you know, I just wanted to say that, like, that's how it works that, you know, that's a good example, James, back to your point of beauty for ashes. Well, and I, I, um, would like to take it a step further than that, Rob, if you're willing. Um, I would like to give everyone the opportunity to be fathered by you in the way that you have fathered so many men. And um, so you know, you know the heart of the men that are listening to this podcast. Uh-huh. You don't bump your head on iTunes and go find the podcast that's obscure about men sharing addiction recovery <laughs> stories. You don't, a- you don't uh-huh. accidentally run yeah, into this one because yeah, yeah. it's in the top 10 in your feed. Right. <laughs> um, and so um, both the men and, and you know, a lot of women here too, but mm-hmm. these men who are so fatherless, mm-hmm. like so fatherless and so wounded, mm-hmm. um, if they were here, because mm-hmm. really they are and um, you were to pray for them and to teach them how to pray mm-hmm. I wonder if you're open to that now yeah sure we could do that so you want me to pray as if I were if they were here yeah. yeah if we had if yeah. we had a couple of those guys here yeah. who are totally lost in their fatherlessness and are like cool story guys yeah. but god is not mm-hmm. i'm too far gone mm-hmm. it's all rigid yeah I've, I've i know him air quotes sure. and he's not here for me i've prayed the thee thou prayer sure he's not answering sure if we put him in your hands to be fathered in prayer yeah. rob yeah, we could jump into that. You want to? You want to just go for it? Yeah, let's pray. Okay, let's take the risk. All right. And, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you what Rob taught me. That if this prayer is true for you, I invite you to pray with us right now, and yeah. to use Rob's words and to let him in. Yeah, and and I'm gonna pray in the first person, but um, it would be so that people can pray for themselves, um, and if there's something in that I say that it seems weird or doesn't fit, I mean, I want guys to feel like they don't, you know, they don't necessarily have to agree with everything. We kind of pray in this way where it's like, we're supposed to agree with everything in a prayer. And I just find that different people are in different places. So feel free to make it fit for you. Father us up, Rob. Okay. (laughs) Father, we are, um, I come to you as, um, as a, wounded man um 
this whole thing about fatherlessness is kind of new. It's kind of weird. It uh, freaks me out a little bit. I'm, um, I'm just learning about it. Something in it really makes sense to me, but I, I'm not sure. Um, it, it feels a little weird. It feels a little different. I'm not used to this sort of thing. Um, I'm even talking to you right now in like a really familiar way that I'm not used to. And I don't even know if it's okay. Um, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that some of what I've heard here is true. I, something in me just says, I need something more. I need something deeper. I need something that will reach my heart, that will reach my soul, that just feels like deep water filling my heart and soul. Um, I'm, I, I would, I hope so bad that you are better than I ever imagined, that you are more kind, that you're more loving, that you're more understanding and more willing to be hard on me when that's what I need. When you see that out of love um, and let me make the mistakes that I make, I just, um, and, 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 and just have this beautiful plan to send Jesus to on a giant cleanup mission um, this is such a messy process. I, I hope you can accept me as I am. I want to believe that. I want to let that into my heart more and more. I want to see this love that they talked about for me. I want to see something like that. Um, help me to see it. Bring me experiences over the next days and weeks where you show me in nature and in the words of friends or in the words I read help me to see you in a way I've never seen you before. Help me to um, surrender, let go of, uh, reject things, beliefs in my heart that have uh, kept me far from you, made it unsafe to be with you, made it unsafe to be real with you, to be myself with you. Um, I give you my shame. I give you my fear. I give you my invulnerability that walls me up and keeps me away from you and everybody. Uh, and I give you um, just a little doorway into my heart. Um, it's going to take me a while. I don't know you this way. you got to work with me. And um, it sounds like from what I'm hearing that you will, that you'll take me by the hand and you'll walk with me. You'll meet me right where I am and you'll, you'll walk right alongside me as I go and and so that someday I can look back on my life and maybe believe in some way that you were actually walking alongside me this entire time and that Jesus was walking behind me, picking up those pieces. Um, I give my sin and mistakes to you. I accept the work of Christ in my behalf. And I really, um, I really want to walk with you and talk with you and share my life with you and share my struggles with you and share my weaknesses with you and my, I'm celebrate my joy and, and the little breakthroughs that aren't little, they're huge. And for you to see me as I am, uh, and feel good about it, feel okay about it. And so I hope in some small way I can start to do that. And, um, thank you for being so patient, so kind to, to wait this long for me. And, um, I, I receive, that love, the part of that love that I felt during this conversation into my heart, I'm going to bookmark it. I'm going to like put a mark there that I can go back to this over and over again and start from there and just build slowly over time or quickly, however it works. 
this relationship with you that that makes it so that you can be a resource to me and you can speak to me and tell me when you're sending other men what you're up to to change my life and and make it work in a different way and so thank you for the love that you've shown me thank you for your kindness to me thanks for just waiting around until I was ready and my heart was open and uh, help it to stay open and thanks for all you've done to prepare the way to clean up this mess it's a big one and thank you for loving me like that and um, I hope we can spend more time like this and I say this in the name of Jesus Christ amen amen Amen. thank you so much Rob 